Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Hey, an announcement to remember is that on September 15th and September 18th, we have two vision nights coming up. And uh, they're going to be exactly the same. We're just doing two because one's on a Sunday and one's on a Wednesday. So a bunch of the college are coming on the Wednesday night one, but everybody's invited to both. We want everybody connected with the church to come on one of those. We're going to be talking about where we're going and excitement about things God's doing around here and looking forward to that. So September 15th and 18th, mark your calendars and open your Bibles to or electronic devices, however you're reading scripture. <clears throat> to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And this is the, the time where Peter's confessing Christ and Peter, Jesus saying, blessed are you. And let's read this. Lord, bless the reading of your word today in the name of Jesus. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, <clears throat> who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. And this is the word of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Amen. So we're continuing in this series, just a, it's a, based off our motto, a passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth. Last week, we talked about a passion for Jesus, talked about Jesus the whole day. You know, this week it's a passion for Jesus and his purposes. So what's, a, what's Jesus doing? What's, what's he wanting us to do? His purpose, his core purposes. And then next week it's in the earth. We'll be talking about the nations next week. So that'll be, that'll be great as well. So uh, when Jesus says, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, we have to think about that a little bit because there's a lot of story that goes into us having the keys of the kingdom. And it works kind of like this. What kind of story was going on where Jesus steps onto the scene and he says, repent, the kingdom of God is here. Now, if we heard that, we wouldn't totally just know. We have to know a little bit about the story that's going on in order for that to make sense. Where that, you know, in our minds, we even change the gospel sometimes and make it different things and because we don't always understand that. You know, but that's the gospel. Repent, the kingdom is here. That's what Jesus... This is the gospel. The, the kingdom's here. So, so to get a part of that story, to understand it, and to even understand how hard it is, you need to know how, how the story's kind of gone. Like, let's go back 50 years. If you go back 50 years, fully understanding the civil rights movement or, or Vietnam, I mean, there's a lot of different voices on that, and it's, it's like, whoa. Or 1910, and what was happening in, in the, with the Armenians in Turkey and all of that, and the Ottoman Empire and all those guys that were killed, or the Civil War, or the American Revolution, all those, there's a, there's a story there. And the same thing is going on here with Jesus. 
You have to go further back to understand the story that he's stepping into. And so if you roll the clock back 1,400 years from Jesus, that's 3,400 years from right now, God was delivering a people out of, out of Egypt. And He was giving them laws. And, and you roll the clock before, even further back, before they went into slavery and the patriarchs. And God comes to a man named Abraham. And He says, through you and through your family and through your seed, all the nations, all the people groups of the earth are going to be blessed. Isn't that an amazing promise? And it's in that promise, it's in that flow, it's in that biblical narrative and story that God eventually comes to King David. And He says, through your seed, there's going to be a son that you're going to have, and he's going to sit on the throne. And in fact, he'll never stop being the king. He'll always be the king forever. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. It's just going to go on and on and on forever. And so it's into that story that Jesus steps onto the scene and he goes, the kingdom of God is here. Repent. Believe the good news. That's good news. But you have to, it's it's like, that's a part of the story. So to understand a passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth, we've got to understand that story. And when we start to understand that story, then a passion for Jesus and what he's about, what he's doing, it starts making more sense in our own lives right here and right now. And that's a big deal to understand what God is doing what God's doing, not just with me as an individual and so that I can get saved and go to heaven when I die, but what's He doing with me and with His people? His people all together. It's hard sometimes for us as Westerners to think how community-oriented God really is. But He is. He's a community God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one with distinction. We're to be one people with distinction in the image of God like that. And so, What happens a lot of times, and I think just in this particular milieu, uh, environment, time uh, that we're living in right now, is it's it's real popular to deconstruct what we are and who we are as the church. And it's easy to be the problem identifier. You know, uh, we don't have to do all of these things. We don't have to do coming on Sundays. We don't have to go to life group. We don't have to do discipleship. And at one level... That's not untrue, but it's like family. If I said, we don't have to do dates, and we don't have to do family times with our kids when they're little, and we don't have to do vacations, we don't have to have shared experiences together, but if you keep deconstructing family, after a while you're not left with much, right? Does that make sense? So it's the same way with the church. We want to, if, and there are times when you have to go, oh, that's not right, But it's not just deconstruct, deconstruct, deconstruct. It's how are we going to be part of the solution to being what God wants us to be? Because Jesus, the one we're passionate about who saved us and redeemed us and set us free and out of bondage and sin and all that stuff, he's all about the church. He's just, he's, he's all about the church. He's, I will build my church to Saul's on the Damascus road. He's going to persecute Christians. He says, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? He's going to persecute the church, the Christians, but he says, why are you persecuting me? So Jesus is really, really into this. And the reason I said what I said last week about vision and this week again about vision is that vision has a way of locking us in so that we can say no to the thousand, zillion, billion choices that are hitting us 
every single day. We don't have to say yes to everything that comes. We don't have to live our lives like one long internet search of just, you know, I'm just over here and I'm over here and I forgot what I'm doing and who I am and what I'm about. Vision has a way of helping us to say yes to this and we all do it imperfectly. We all need grace. Somebody say amen. We're smiling. It's just, it's grace. But Proverbs 29, 18 says it. Without vision, the people perish. Without revelation, the people cast off restraint, is the way the NIV says that. We, it's like we just go, oh yeah, whatever. There's no riverbanks. I'm just flowing. You know? And so this vision thing, is, it's huge. People are desperate to see the incarnation of Jesus Christ in the church. People, and we long for it. We long for it in our own hearts. I want to make an eternal difference in my life. I want my life to count. Somebody. So it's just, it's huge. And so the way I'm just going to phrase this in one sentence, this message today is this, the good reign of Jesus. When I say that, I'm saying the kingdom of God. The good reign of Jesus is focused in the church with disciples that grow, gather, and go to share his life in our spheres of influence. That makes sense? That's where we're going today. So it's, it's focused in the church. Why is, why is the kingdom of God, it's bigger than the church, but why is it focused in the church? It's because he's head over all things for the church. Now, I sin, I blow it, you sin, you blow it. We do, we do it imperfectly. Nobody does it perfectly, but that's the goal, is to recognize his headship. I, how many thousands of times we've prayed as leaders, elders in the church, Jesus, you are the head of the church, lead us. Show us what to do. We're at the crossroads again. Show us what to do. Speak into this. Help us. Because he's the head of the church. And we want this place to be an expression as much as any place on planet earth of what the reign of God looks like, what the love of God looks like, what the forgiveness of God looks like, what the grace of God looks like, what the peace of God, what the joy of God looks like, on and 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 on. Big deal. So as disciples of Christ, we're going to look at these three things, grow, gather, go, which is, it doesn't always work out that way. But man, as a preacher, I love it sometimes when it does, because it's just easy to remember. Grow, gather, go. Can we say that together? Grow, gather, go. So the first one there is, as disciples of Jesus, we grow. Matthew 28, verse 18. It's the Great Commission. Jesus is raised from the dead, appears to his disciples, and he came to them and said, in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now that is great news. It's a great promise. But it says something important about us that we have to kind of wake up to. And that is that we are disciples and our destiny is to grow up. Our destiny is not to stay, you know, just little. I'm trying to be like a little kid, like three-year-old. Not just a little three-year-old, you know, just always uh, eat, drinking milk, you know, uh, 
food that has been digested by somebody else. I just that's how I live. I never eat any meat myself and digest it myself. But instead, I grow up. The disciple, a disciple is somebody who grows. And I just want to say, what would happen? Imagine if every single person who called Antioch home was saying, I want to grow. And I want to move beyond what we've kind of just boiled, like just, uh, how do I say this? We, we've just vanillaized and, and reduced the gospel down to like the least, 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 least common denominator of just put your faith in Jesus so that you can go to heaven when you die. And it's not untrue. You put your faith in Jesus, you go to heaven when you die. It's just you wouldn't get that as that's the gospel by reading the New Testament. What, what you'd get is Jesus going, come follow me. Come follow me. Lay down your life. Leave your family. Take up your cross. Come follow me. Count the cost. Come follow me. It's going to be, it's going to be everything. You, you, it's, it's an all-in deal. It's an everyday deal. It's not a one-time thing back when you were 12 or 20 or whatever. It's, come follow me. That's what you get when you... Y'all looking at me like... I thought I'd just kind of do faith and just live the way I want to live. No, no. Not amen. Disciples. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, see, get a good look at me because I don't look the same like I used to look. I look more like Jesus. I'm in process. I mess up. I blow it. I sin. I, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive, forgive, forgive me, forgive, forgive me, right? And I'm still on that journey. And I do not look like I used to look. Get a good look. This is the way I look right now. But I'm changing. I'm being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And, and it's not just me, it's us as a people. We together are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. One of my uh, heroes of the faith, a guy named Dallas Willard, he went to be with the Lord in 2013, wrote a bunch of great books, and uh, one of them was called The Great Omission. So it's kind of a play off The Great Commission, which is make disciples, and so he's writing this book about discipleship. And it's the great omission. It's the idea that we can be Christians forever and not be disciples. Hello. Wow, and it's, it's, it's convicting. But the idea is, and I could go to so many places, Romans 8, we're being conformed to the very image of Christ. Ephesians 4.13. Um, just, I'm going to turn over there and read this one. Uh, I had an extra cup of coffee this morning. I can't believe it's still working. <laughs> I'm like a little, it's like the squirrel, you know, uh, from a Red Riding Hood movie years ago. Um, the man you were looking for. Is one of the... <laughs> Anybody actually seen that? Or is it just laughing because I'm being goofy? Uh, so Ephesians 4, it's, the, the, Jesus gives apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work of building up the church. He says there in verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the point here is we're growing up into maturity. 
We're growing. We're not staying the same. We, and, and this is like a decision that everybody's got to make. A decision to say, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to, I'm going to grow. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to set my eyes on Jesus and enter into the curriculum of Christ's likeness. Being trained to obey what He says because that's just the very best for planet Earth and for my life and relationships for the church. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. So flash that slide up. I'm, it's really interesting. I've got a graph here to explain how we grow up uh, on something very organic. But back in the beginning, point A, Adam and Eve in the garden. Point B, they eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the fall happens. And then you've got redemptive history and ultimately Jesus Christ comes, dies on the cross, raised on the third day by the power of God, exalted to the right hand of God, pours out His Spirit to all who believe. Salvation! Praise the Lord! Point D. Now, the, the deal is, and what I'm advocating here, is that we don't just stay at point D. Because all point D does is get us back up on the road that Adam and Eve were originally on, and God always had a purpose for them to be image bearers, to, to walk in His life, to multiply that life, to express His dominion and authority on the earth, to be stewards, good stewards of the earth, and His plan, and His way, and His will, His kingdom. And so we don't stay at point D, but we keep growing as disciples. We keep growing to, <laughs> growing together. That make the point? So it's, it's, at the risk of overdoing this, it's up and to the right is where God, God wants us to go. And I, I get mocked sometimes for saying that phrase too much, but that's what God wants. He wants us growing. Second piece. Okay, so as disciples of Jesus, we grow. Second one, as disciples of Jesus, we gather. So we are shaped by a vision of us actually being in life together. The, the church of Jesus Christ gathering. We grow into something beautiful that we could not even imagine. All those years when we started the church here, we couldn't even imagine the beauty of what it looks like right now. Could just, but here's the deal. You can't get a bigger or better vision than being the church. It's the vision of Jesus. We say it in all kinds of different ways, but it doesn't get bitter, a bit better or bigger than being the church. That's, that's what we want to do. I was listening to a podcast yesterday with Joel Houston, the United guy, and he said, man, it's all about being the church. And I was just like, whoa, I'm working on a sermon, literally, just, and he's, it's all about being the church. It's just powerful. Like, if you, if he said, if you don't see that it's about being the church, you'll miss it and get off in a ditch somewhere. It's about being the church. And so with all of our differences and distinctions, and just that's the image of God, that we're one with distinction, that we're one people with distinction. All the different, all the different ways. If you look around, you see no, nobody looks the same. We are a multi-ethnic, epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, Father's love, receiving, Holy Spirit, empowered church. That's that's who we are. If you want the acronym, it's Mil Gmerk McFlurhesse. Just to help you remember. If you didn't take a picture of the sign, they, they, somebody did a sign and put it, they, they literally did artwork and put it on the wall out there this summer. But so let me just talk about the church. Because this is a big deal, you guys. The church is the fullness of Christ. Like it's, it's all, it's, it's all this revelation of Christ is happening in the church. This is where it happens. 
So we're the revelation carriers of Jesus Christ and all that richness. It's just so good, you know? So like, flash that screen up if you would. Slide up. Yeah. So the church is the full, it helps me remember. The church is the fullness of Christ. He's head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So how much of Jesus do you want? Come on, be bold, somebody. I want all I can possibly get. There's only one place to get the fullness. It's in the church. It's in the church. That's where the fullness is. It's together. It's, it's, it's the multifaceted beauty because you've been through stuff I haven't been through. You've been through pain I haven't experienced. You've been through successes I haven't seen or experienced. And together, we get a more full revelation of who Jesus really is. It's beautiful. The church is the administration of Christ. It's been given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Ephesians 3.8. 3.9 then is, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden, but is now revealed. This mystery is out. And so the administration of this mystery, is the, it's the administration of Christ. The word there in Greek is oikonomia. It's where we get the English word economy from. And so in, in administration and distribution. So the church then is the distribution point on planet earth for Jesus getting out to the world. So we are like the biggest, most honking uh, Walmart distribution center that's ever existed on the face of planet earth. 59 billion square feet of Jesus life and riches. And the trucks are meeting right here, you guys. And then we're... We're driving off. I got the riches of Jesus with me. And I'm taking them out into my vocation, into the schools, into the, uh, all our places. We're going to talk about this in just a minute. All these different places, we're going to take that rich richness out. Okay, the church then is the fullness, is the administration, is the eternal purpose of God. And don't you just love that one? I mean, if you get to be 70, 80, 90 years old, go to be with Jesus, like, what'd you do, son? What'd you do, daughter? How did you live? Well, I connected my whole life to the eternal purpose of God. Well done. Well done. This way Paul says it. He says, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. There it is. Christ in the church. That fullness getting out in a way that fulfills the eternal purpose of God. I mean, is that big enough? I mean, who got a big dream? I want my life to count. I've got a big dream. I want my life to count. Whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever your vocation is, wherever you land or end up, make sure that it's connected to the church. The church is the bride of Christ. We are the romantic interest of Jesus, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I remember years ago, and I would read that verse over and over. I love Ephesians. You guys know that. But I just would read that, and I'd, one day I, came, I had a revelation. You know, he's talking about being married. I'm pointing over here. This is my wife, if you're visiting. It's right there. And not just some random. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be weird. <laughs> so, so I came home, and I was like, this is a profound mystery. He's talking about husbands and wives. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ in the church. And I was like, Boom. Like, 
bam, wow. You know, and, and I came home and I told her, I said, oh my goodness, Kim, like it's always going to get better. Uh, this relation, it's always going to get better because we're a shadow of this heavenly reality of Christ in the church and the love that's going to intensify forever. Can we say forever together? Forever. You know, and so this is like spiritually, emotionally, even the physical, just all of that. It's like, that's amazing. And that's with 33 years, 33 wonderful years of marriage. And I've talked with people that have been married 60 years. Knew a couple one time been married 70. And they were full of Jesus. And it just made it like, can you imagine the depth of love that they had for each other? And the depth of love they could understand God's love in a way that we can't when we've only been married a, a, few, a year? You know? Or, but at 33, it's like, it's so different now than when we were standing there 33 years ago. It's so much deeper. And it's a picture of that deep love, romantic love, and all that goes with that shared life, the bride of Christ. That's how God loves us. The body of Christ. The church is the body. All these parts, elbows, shoulders, wrists, fingers, everything matters. Pinky does stuff that the other fingers can't do as well. Everything matters. And I can't say I don't need my ankle. I need all my parts. All Everybody's needed. I don't need the ankle, really. You know, and maybe if you don't drag it, you could hop, but it's not the way it works. We need everybody together. Everybody's needed. Every part is needed. Every function is needed. The church is the family of God. God's a family God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit from eternity past. He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight and love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship, to be in a family. To share that love. We're the building of God. Ephesians chapter 2. That whole piece about you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens. You're being built together on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. In Him, Jesus, this whole building is joined together and becomes a holy temple in the Lord. I'm going to say some more about this. We're going to do a series starting in two weeks, Lord willing, on Galatians, the the people of God. And it's, it's it's going to rock us. I'm, 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 I'm excited about it. I mean, it's, it's connecting more of the gospel to us being this multi-ethnic people of oneness that don't eat at different tables, but eat at the same table. Same story, same family, same gospel, one gospel. Anyway, I'm just getting my mind blown just even this weekend thinking about like the temple was where everybody went. It was where the presence of God was. It was there in Jerusalem. It was this, it was the temple. And everybody had to go there. And now we're all sent out to the world. And he says, You are the temple of God. You carry the presence of God. You're the presence of God people. Oh, man. It's incredible. And so the church is the place where all the one another's of Scripture, 59 different one another's in the New Testament, that's, this is where it happens. I can't do one another's by myself. I've got to be in community. That's right. I, you know, Jamie, I just want to encourage you so much. You, well, you preached good today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, I, I just want to encourage you. You look like somebody that needs encouragement. 
Why, thank you very much. I've got a bullseye of encouragement on my chest right here. That's weird. We need actually other people to do that for us, with us, to us, on our behalf. So, and it's together that we do the worship, the community, the mission, all these aspects of, of life. And so, uh, you know, yes, there's things that need to be corrected sometimes in the church, but rather than being the problem identifiers, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. How about if we are also part of the solution? We, maybe something's wrong sometimes, but man, how are we going to fix it? It's like me, it's like me uh, going to our backyard, which is actually, it's gotten a little bit of relief just in the last day or two with some rain, but it's like me going to the backyard and going, man, look at this thing. This grass isn't growing. We're losing some of it. We had that, those guys come and lay some sod back there. It's dying under those trees, and there's cracks in the ground, and it's just not getting enough water at all. And just identify the problem and leave. Or I could go, hey, come on, let's buy some sod. She's going, would you really? (laughs) (laughs) Let's buy some sod. Let's rake up the dirt. Let's lay the sod down. Let's get some water going on this thing. Let's be sowing into this in a way that's going to bring a solution that's going to help everything. That's what we want to do. So the last one there then is as disciples... We, ga- we grow, we gather, and we go. John 20, verse 20 and 21. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And so we go out into our different spheres of life. And as the Father sent Jesus... He's sending us. As the Father sent Jesus to be for Israel what they needed in that moment, He now sends us filled with His life and full of His Spirit to go out and be into the world what is needed to be the hands and feet of Jesus all around us. That's what God's, that's what God's calling us to do and to be. If you would flash the sphere, well, before we get to that, Acts 1.8 says, you're going to be my witnesses. That means you're going to point to Jesus with your life. I've been redeemed. I was broken. He healed me. I was in bondage. He set me free. I was racked with guilt and shame. He forgave me. And, and we, we point to Jesus with our testimony. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to give testimony to who I am in, in your life. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's Fort Worth for us. In Judea, Samaria and Judea, that's uh, South Lake and uh, Dallas over there, <laughs> Waco, <laughs> laughing. I don't know if they appreciate being Judea and Samaria, but the ends of the earth. We're, that's who. That's what we're we're supposed to be. We're this epicenter, reproducing people and bearing witness to Him everywhere. Now I'll put the spheres up. So this is kind of what it, this is a little vi- visual image of the way we see this. And we, there's more spheres than just this one, but we're constantly, we're growing, we're gathering, and we're going. We're growing, we're gathering, grow, gather, go. Grow, gather, go. Grow, gather, go. That's, that's our process. That's our, that's what we do. That's a passion for Jesus and His purposes is having a passion for growing, gathering, and going into the world to represent Him. 
So what I want to do here is we do, we've done this the last couple of years is just recognize the different spheres that are here in the room and just have you stand up. You can stand up more than once. Uh, hopefully you stand up at least once on, on some of these. If you're in school, you could, or whatever your major is, whatever trajectory you're on, go ahead and stand up in that area. There's more than these, but I'll start right here with education. I got all the teachers and students, if you would stand up. Here we are going into this new semester. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You, may the Lord bless you as you step into this new sphere, this new time. Uh, neighborhood, go ahead and sit down. Um, the neighborhood, that's like uh, stay-at-home moms or anybody that has a focus in particular in your neighborhood for reaching neighbors, okay? Reaching fellow students or something. Reaching neighbors, neighborhood focus. Stand up. Amen. May the Lord bless you, okay? Next one, business. This is be business guys and gals. Just everybody that's focused in the business area. Okay, may the Lord bless you this, this semester, this year, in Jesus' name. Go ahead and sit down. The medical and healthcare sphere. You're headed into the medical and healthcare sphere. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. In Jesus' name. Okay, social justice. This would be anything unbound or law enforcement. Got some unbound folks. Yeah, law enforcement. Amen. Awesome. May the Lord bless you guys. Okay. Arts. Got any arts folks? Absolutely. May the Lord bless you this year. Okay. Politics. We actually had a city councilman in the last service, but there's one. Come on. Yeah. Politics. And then the, then the last one is sports. I don't know. We had a, we had a rodeo cowboy in the last service. Like, is this a, a sports? Okay. And marching band. All right. Woo! Y'all give it up. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. So here's what I want to do. I want to speak a blessing over you. Just as you're, because we, I didn't stop on each one, stop down, but just kind of do your hands like this. You're going to catch a blessing. May the Lord bless you to be the people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God. May you grow. May you gather. May you go out into your different spheres and totally make a difference. Use the keys of the kingdom of God. Bind things up. Loose things. Release the love of God. Release the life of God. Release the purposes of God. Release the destiny of God. As you go this year and all that you're doing. You're going to make a difference way more than this full-time minister guy who's going to need, it's the people actually out going, living, and going for it. Can you see it happening? May it happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Stay standing. If I can get the ministry team, come on up. Worship team. If you're visiting or new with us, we just take a, a moment to respond at the end of each service. We'll just do this for a few minutes here. But just in our prayers and being prayed for by others, it's like sometimes I think this is the most impactful thing that we do because people receive prayer and God brings breakthrough. God answers prayer. And so um, on the things that we've talked about today, again, this message is for all of us. Like, man, a passion for Jesus and His purposes, I want to pray into that. But if the Lord's speaking to you, come and get prayer. And on this grow gather and go vision. If there's a piece of that, you're like, man, I want more of that. I want to see the church. I want to see the church like Jamie sees the church, or I want to see it better than Jamie sees it, whatever. Just, but press in. Let's get people to pray. And, and 
just, I know to whatever, sometimes people are going through hard stuff. And if you're going through a hard thing right now, don't leave without just getting somebody to help carry that burden with you and pray with you, pray for you. And just even if the front fills up, ask somebody to pray. There's got all kinds of leaders and people that love Jesus. Just ask somebody to pray for you. Father, meet us here today in this little time of response. We just want to say we're in. We're all the way in. God, we, we trust You. We want to see Jesus and want to see Your purposes lived out in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Whatever your prayer need is, you guys come. Get ministry. Just press into the Lord. And be bold. Be the one who just runs. Amen. Thank you, Lord.